It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Joining me now, Representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina's 5th District. Uh, the question on the table, Congressman Norman, Republicans looking to take over the House in the fall. The Biden five-plus trillion dollar budget would come into focus if the Republicans take over the House. What can Republicans do using every available method to rescind at times or block some of these budget budget proposals by Biden and also to use it as leverage against some of the things like the border where the executive has the responsibility and the Biden administration has the door wide open. Well, David, that's going to be the, the, the huge challenge that we're going to be facing is the budget. Now, uh, thanks to your listeners and, and other, other conservatives all over the country, their, the, their individual congresspersons are getting the message about uh, holding the, you know, the Biden administration accountable, holding hearings. I'm very confident of that. What we've got to be doing, though, is stressing this budget. Uh, you know, the fact that you have $4.5 billion for environmental justice, the fact that you've got, you know, all this pork in here is basically uh, paying off people that, in, sta- in states that support the Democratic Party. We've got to stop that. And it all comes back to the Speaker. And what we're doing now, there's a group of us that have already told the Speaker in public setting that, one, we're not voting on a uh, on a budget when we get 2,700 pages the night of and to be expected to vote the next day. Secondly, we're going to go line item by line item before uh, the speaker is elected to see, are we in agreement that this is going to be cut? You're going to have offsets for any new spending, and that make sure that uh, whoever speaker, they realize that economic security is national security. If you're broke, you can't do anything. So I'm very confident of the oversight hearings. I'm optimistic that we're going to get the budget uh, in line. But everybody's conservative when you're in the minority. But when, when we're in the majority, you've got to have the steel and the stamina to, uh, to say no. And a lot of politicians have trouble with that. But you see, this sounds eerily familiar to the last time the conversations were had with Kevin McCarthy about this. And it didn't play out. You're, you're on uh, the House Committee on the Budget, and I will assume for the purposes of this conversation, that will likely continue. And that committee has and can have huge impact on what is done. The House controls the money. You can, you, you are in control, not 100% fair to say. There are times when, you know, there's certain budget structures you can't really have a great effect on or any effect. But between budget and the Committee on Oversight and Government Reform, where you are, those two committees have a great deal of power. If the Republicans have it, and McCarthy says, yay, I will support it, but he doesn't, you still have the ability to act in those committees. Well, I'm not on budget. I'm on Homeland Security and oversight. But we're getting briefings now because of what's happening all across this country with spending. We're getting all the 
you know, the latest numbers that this administration is, is trying to inflict on the American people. And there is no reason this budget should be approved. And there's no reason that there's not anything good in it. It's just spending. And that's what the Budget Committee uh, is going to have to uh, impress on the McCarthy, who is odds on to be Speaker. But if he, if, if he doesn't agree to do these things, then he's got a problem, and he knows it. Now, a lot of it depends on how much, uh, by, by what margin the Republicans win. But he still realizes he's going to have to have the conservative wing. But he's got to govern conservative. And you're right, it didn't happen before. When, when Paul Ryan was, in, uh, was Speaker, it didn't happen. Uh, but it's got to happen this time. It's a different day. It's a different set of uh, uh, crisis that we're going through, namely with the military. Uh, that's we got to set priorities. Military being one of them, and uh, this president just isn't doing it. But I think McCarthy is, is is he's having to listen because of what's going on, and because the American people are telling him and telling individual individual congressmen. Look, I, the military is important, but without an economy, you can't afford the military. And that's just fact. The economy is the foundation of all of that, as you know. So that's where it begins. And when you see these uh, Democrat proposals and the budget and other things, whether they split it up and Manchin supports it or otherwise, whatever Biden gets through, if the economy isn't tackled, we won't be able to afford training. We won't be able to afford to actually uh, develop R&D. We won't be able to afford to maintain existing weapons platforms across the military. Well, that's right. But, you know, we it's going to have to be massive cuts. And it's going to have to be before any dollar spent to even make a dent in this $30 trillion deficit, which I would argue is far greater than that when you put, you know, your mandatory increases from Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare. Uh, but, you know, when we can't even detect um, missiles that, the hypersonic missile that China is developing, as far exceeds any capability we have, uh, we've got a problem. And that's, we've got to make room for that. And you can't continue to have uh, the, the dollars allocated to things like, you know, government fleets of uh, electric vehicles, civilian climbing core, uh, climate core dollars spent. You just can't keep doing that. And a lot of these programs are going to have to be sunsetted, and that's where you hit the problem with the appropriators because it's easy to say yes, but with every dollar spent, you've got an advocate out there in the, in the Congress Congress's ear and that's why we've got to agree on this up front before any speaker's elected. And that's one thing we're, we're going through right now. I won't go too far into conjecture, but, you know, my natural question would be, you know, if the speaker's elected and he doesn't follow through, what do the Republicans do? People seem to forget you can't actually replace the speaker of the House. Uh, there's a way to do that as well. Uh Look, I, I, I know we can't go too far and conjecture doesn't get us very far, but we have to look at the possibilities here. If we go through this process, not if, when we go through this process, the primaries, the election and Republicans look to take over the House. OK, that's good. Down ballot looks good in some of the governorships uh, and other races, possibly a couple of Senate pickups and certainly at the state legislators. 
Will the, 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 the Congress and their state delegations work better together where they can, especially in the case of certain issues that states attorney generals can take on that, that, you know, that they can do to help fight back against Biden? Will there be, in a sense, better coordination? Well, I mean, you just look look at the discoordination with the states that were run by Democrat governors and Democrat uh, uh, leadership versus the ones that were had conservative leadership, like South Carolina. We didn't shut down for COVID. Look at what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. So it depends on who goes into office. But yes, I'm, you know, Virginia, uh, uh, David sent a shockwave throughout this this whole country with what they did with Yunkin. And I think you're going to see a repeat of that. And if that happens, then we will have uh, more coordination and more ability to, you know, bring the people in that will fight. And, you know, we're growing our Freedom Caucus, which I'm a member of. We should have probably 40, 35 to 40. So we're going to exercise our leverage. And we have to. We're at the end of the runway with the economy in, in this country. It's a different day, a different time with different threats. And um, I'm excited about it, to be honest with you. People ask, you know, uh, give me some hope. Well, the hope is uh, midterms first, and then uh, we'll throttle anything this administration's doing because it's intentional, it's evil, and it's tearing this country apart. But uh, we've got to, the, the, the economy is based on uh, a tax system that is giving money back to the taxpayers, and it's not happening now. This is a tax and spend administration. Republicans cannot go down that road if, um, if, if and when we take control. Let's talk about something the Democrats have put on the table, and it, it, I'll call it what it is. It's a massive vote-buying scheme. Uh, when they talk about sending checks to Americans for the, you know, to make up for the high prices at the pump when, in fact, they're responsible for much of the policy that has led to this problem. I mean, it's a vote buying scheme. Call it what it is. We're going to give you a little, you know, here's a check and don't worry, it won't feel as bad. Just pull the pull the lever for us. What what can and will Congress do about this if they're able to pull this off and you guys, you guys, the Republicans, that is, take control? Will you cut some things like that? You will be called racist. You'll be called every name in the book. And that's the point at which a lot of the Republican leadership runs into the corner and says, oh, we're not. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, this gas rebate act uh, is is ludicrous. All as you said, it's just buying votes. Uh, you know, and it starts you know a hundred dollars for the rest of the year. Um, when he shut down every every uh, uh, gas and, and oil production in this country, uh, but it's a, there's no different on this, David, than it is with letting everybody across the border. That's just a different type of a rebate by allowing them to vote as they did in New York City. And uh, but yes, I, I can't imagine, and, and it does come with leadership. They're gonna have to come out strong against this this type of bribery, which is all it is. This is complete bribery, and they they do it, um, you know. And, and regardless of what the feedback they get, uh, they've continued to do this with our money that we don't have, and that's the the lunacy of, of all of it. Will the Republicans 
in the Freedom Caucus, if McCarthy or whoever's elected speaker, it's likely McCarthy, so we don't know yet, but that looks likely. If he doesn't hold to his promise, will the Freedom Caucus unite with others to take him on? Yeah, but it has to be done now. I mean, that's why the next six months is, is prior to November. We've got to have it in writing, uh, in in text. Will you agree to this and list the uh, list the 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 dollar amounts and the different programs that uh, that he will agree to cut to to have some type of a sanity in our in our spending. Now, if he won't do that, you'll see the fight happening ahead of time. And I, we're not all right. Taking, what I was going to say, David, we're not taking no more can any speaker, in my opinion, just get by with saying, yeah, we in theory agree. No. Will you specifically do the, these type things to help balance a budget that is out of control? If they won't do that, uh, then he's got a problem. And any speaker, whether it's him or somebody, someone else, will have a problem. And they know it. He knows it. And um you know, we're, we're not a group that's going away, and we've got a group that will stick firm to this because if we don't do this, then we continue to lose our country. You get that list together? We'll read that list together on this show. That's, I will have, that's what we'll have, do. We will have that and uh, with the dollar amounts, and I look forward to coming back on your show with it. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.